All righty, guys. Hey, I'm excited about the message today. It is a, uh, it is a topic, it is a subject that I've actually, uh, I've never preached about, believe it or not, okay? Today I'm preaching on a subject that although I've referred to it a bunch of times and even stood on a promise in Scripture to receive it many more times, I don't think I've ever in 20 years of preaching preached solely on this subject. Today's message is on wisdom. Wisdom. A gift from God that every one of us, without exception, could use more of. Any, anybody, any parent right here could use a little more wisdom, okay? Any, um, any teenager could use a little more wisdom, okay? I don't know if you're wise enough to raise your hand, but raise your hand, okay? Uh, could any, I mean, we could all use wisdom. We could all use more of it, okay? It's something you just can't get too much of, and, and it's something that sometimes... Um, we don't get enough of. We don't access enough of it because it's really a gift from God. And today I want us to look at wisdom. I want us to learn about wisdom. And I want us to find ourselves in a position to receive more wisdom because as we receive wisdom from the Lord, our life will be blessed because of it. So today I want to preach on wisdom. Let's pray together. Lord, I just pray right now that you would help me to communicate this message like you've communicated it to me. And I ask also, God, that wisdom would just begin to to overflow in this place. Lord, it's a gift from you. And I just ask right now that you would bless your people, Lord, and touch us. Give us that gift of wisdom so that we could serve you more faithfully and do more great things for your kingdom. It's in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, amen. Wisdom is defined as, in the dictionary, the quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment. The quality of being wise. Some some synonyms include intelligence, common sense. By the way, with me mentioning common sense, I think it's time that we rename common sense to uncommon sense. Because how many have figured out common sense ain't near as common as it used to be? Is that right, Brother Irwin? Have you figured that out? (laughs) Common sense should be renamed uncommon sense because it's not near as common as it used to be. But some other synonyms include shrewdness, being astute, smart, prudent, and judicious. But wisdom is really much more than just knowledge. Because we've all met some pretty, some, some very knowledgeable or learned folks who are most certainly not wise. Okay? You can go to college and get degrees and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I have one of those. Okay? You can go to school and get certifications and get education and get a whole bunch of letters behind your name. And that makes you learned. That makes you knowledgeable. And that's a good thing. Knowledge is power. But how many know that doesn't make you wise? Seth, you ever met somebody maybe in the workplace that had a whole bunch of letters behind their name, a whole bunch of certifications, and when they told you what you wanted done, you just kind of scratched your head and went, bless his heart. You ever had that happen? Once? Okay. Joe, I bet you it's happened to you before, huh? You've been on the work job, the, the workplace before, and somebody had all kind of knowledge, but then when they tried to practically figure it out, you just went, step back and let me show you how to do it. Yeah, yeah, that happens, doesn't it, okay? Knowledge and wisdom are not exactly the same thing. Here's a few quotes that kind of illustrate that point. Never mistake knowledge for wisdom. One helps you make a living, the other helps you make a life. Wisdom will help you make a life. Wisdom is getting God's take on the subject, and it'll change the way you live. Albert Einstein said this, any fool can know, the point is to understand. And wisdom helps you to understand. Wisdom is, is, is taking, getting God's perspective on the subject. It's kind of overlaying the lens of God and his word on a subject. And that's a good thing, especially in these days. 
Another saying says this, Beware the man who works hard to learn something, learns it, and then finds himself no wiser than before. I like this. It says, Some students drink at the fountain of knowledge, others just gargle. <laughs> you know any garglers? <laughs> now, now, I don't know why I added these next couple, maybe because it just kind of stepped on my toes, but it's okay. Calvin Coolidge, former president, once said, You can't know too much, but you can say too much. Been guilty of that one before. That's not today's subject, okay? We'll, we'll talk about that at a, a later date. Um, um, some famous philosopher that I can't read my handwriting says, Talk sense to a fool and he calls you foolish. Ooh. <laughs> Anybody ever tried that? Talk sense to a fool and he calls you foolish. And I think Ben Franklin said something about this with arguing with fools. Never argue with a fool because he'll defeat you based upon his experience. He's a lot more experienced at being a fool than you. And I've also heard that when a wise man and a fool get in an argument from a distance, you can't tell the difference between the two. Again, I'm just preaching to myself. Some of you will get something out of this. Socrates said the only true wisdom is knowing that we know nothing. You know, when it comes to the Lord, we got a lot to learn. And then maybe my favorite on knowledge and wisdom is this. Knowledge is knowing that tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is not putting it in the fruit salad. That's good, huh? Knowledge is, tomatoes are fruit. But wisdom is, don't put that in that fruit salad, okay? It's good, on, good in a, a, a vegetable, it's good in a salad, it's good on a sandwich, but it ain't in a fruit salad. Now, man has a lot to say about wisdom, but God has said even more. The book of Proverbs is known as the book of wisdom because the writer of Proverbs, Solomon, was known as the wisest man on earth. Let's go to 2 Chronicles chapter number 1 and see how and why Solomon became so wise. 2 Chronicles chapter number 1, this story is also told in the book of Kings, but we're in 2 Chronicles today, chapter number 1, and we're going to pick up reading in verse number 7. Now, let me give you a little background. Solomon had just become king of Israel, okay? Now, if you think you have some big shoes to fill, put yourself in Solomon's shoes. He had just followed his dad, King David. King David was, um, was the absolute greatest king in Israel's history. He unified the kingdom. He was a great warrior. He was a great, uh, he, he was everything. I mean, he was a great man of God. In fact, the Bible says about King David that he was a man after God's own heart. David was the epitome of leadership. He was spiritual. He was, uh, he was a warrior. He was a great leader. He, he really did so many things well. And Solomon has to take his place. Solomon had to come in and try to fill that void that happened when, when David passed from this earth. And, and um, as a young man, I can only imagine the pressure that he felt. So in verse number 7, Solomon had just become king. And uh, we have a story here in verse number 7. It says this, And that night did God appear unto Solomon and said unto him, Ask what I will give you. Could you imagine that? Solomon has a visitation from God, and Sister Eloise, God says, whatever you want, it's yours. Wow. Ronnie, could you imagine what you'd ask for? A few weeks ago, you'd ask for your house to sell, but that's already done, okay? But, but, but well, could you imagine what we'd ask for? You know, some of you ladies would ask for some new shoes, okay? You guys might ask for a bass boat, might ask for something. Some of you teenagers, brand new car, okay, that's what Hayden would ask for. Brand new car, new rims, everything. Yeah, maybe he'd ask for a D-line that could keep guys off of him during football games. 
had, <laughs> you were at the game. You, see, you, you get the, fun, the, the pun of that one. But, but who knows what we'd ask for? I don't know what I would ask for. But here's what Solomon asked for. Verse number 8. And Solomon said unto God, Thou hast showed great mercy unto David my father, and hast made me to reign in his steed. Now, O Lord my God, let thy promise unto David my father be established. For thou hast made me king over a people like the dust of the earth in multitude. You see, God had made promises to David, and Solomon was just saying, Keep those promises intact. Continue to bless me like you blessed my father. Verse 10, give, here's his request. Give me now wisdom and knowledge that I may go and come in before thy people for who can judge this great people that is so great. Of all the things Solomon could ask for, of all the things he could request from the Lord, knowing that he was going to get it, he asked for wisdom. He asked for knowledge. He asked for understanding that could only come from above. And look at God's uh, answer to him in verse number 11. And God said to Solomon, Because this was in thy heart, and thou hast not asked for riches, wealth, or honor, nor life for thy enemies, neither yet has you asked for a long life, but has asked wisdom and knowledge for yourself, that thou mayest judge my people over whom I've made thee king. Wisdom and knowledge is granted unto thee, and I will give thee... See, look. God answered his request. He gave him wisdom and knowledge, and then he threw in a little lanyard. He threw in a little extra, and here's the extra, and I'll give you riches and wealth and honor, such as none of the kings have had that have been before thee, neither shall thou be any after like you. You see, guys, because Solomon asked for wisdom, God gave him everything else. And I submit to you today that wisdom will lead you to riches. Wisdom will lead you to honor. Wisdom will create a platform on which you can glorify God in some amazing ways. So guys, we need to learn how important wisdom really is. Wisdom allowed Solomon to be another great king. And wisdom will allow you and I to do great things for the Lord our God. Amen? That's what we need, friends. We need wisdom. Wisdom. Wisdom is the key to riches. Wisdom is the key to wealth. Wisdom is the key to honor. Solomon's life proves it. And as we seek wisdom, as we seek understanding from the Lord, your life will prove it as well. You see, the real working definition of wisdom for today is this. The application of God's principles and precepts to our situations and problems. You're taking notes today. Let me say that again. The real working definition of wisdom today is the application of God's principles and precepts to our situations and problems. The key word right there is application. You know, how many know it's not enough to know what to do you got to be able to do it, okay? It's not enough to know what the Word of God says. It's not enough to know what to do in a situation. You have to have faith and courage to make that decision. Anybody in here ever had to make a hard decision? I've made a couple, okay? You know what? Here's the deal. When I'm facing a hard decision, when I'm facing a difficult problem, I always ask God for wisdom. I always claim the promise of James 1 and 5. The Bible says, if any man lacks wisdom... Ask God for it, and he'll give it to you, and he'll hold none of it back. Guys, so many times as a pastor, maybe the most, the, mo- the, the, most, uh, the most times I've ever prayed one scripture is James 1 and 5. Because like Solomon, so many times I don't know how to deal with situations. So many times, you know, and, and some, some situations are so easy. Some, some things are so black and white. 
But then there's a lot of gray areas. How many have figured that out? Okay. We're not talking about sin issues. We're just talking about people issues. Okay. I've, I've learned that sin issues, Tracy, are black and white. Really simple. The word says what to do and what not to do. But then when people get involved, it becomes gray. It becomes how, how will this affect? How will this decision affect people? So that's when I need God's take on the situation. I need to get the mind of God. Now, if I need it, how much more do you need it? You need it in your life. You need it at your work. You need it in your family. You see, wisdom is not just knowing what to do, but having faith enough to do it. Remember what James said. James said, be doers of the word and not just hearers only. And faith without works, James said, is dead. So we need to have the the faith and the courage to apply the wisdom, which is really God's take on things, to our situation. So let's go to the book of Proverbs written by Solomon himself and learn more about this thing we all could use a little more of, wisdom. We're going to camp out in the first couple chapters of Proverbs. Now here's the amazing thing about Proverbs. It's centered right in the middle of the book. Okay, so if you're ever looking for Proverbs, just go to the middle of the Bible. Okay, it's kind of the center. Okay, I think there's some significance to that. There's also 31 chapters in it. You know, there are people that read the book of Proverbs one chapter per day every month. Okay, now that wouldn't work in September because you have an extra day or an extra chapter. But you know what? In October, we have 31 days, don't we? I believe the Lord was speaking to me to to lay out this challenge that some of you need to read the book of Proverbs in the month of October. One chapter every day. I'm going to do it. I want to challenge you to do it. Because again, guys, the only way we can get God's take on a situation is to hear what God has to say about a situation. And the book of Proverbs is full of what God has to say about situations. So let's look at it. Let's begin in chapter number one. Chapter number one, we're just going to kind of go a couple different verses that talk about wisdom and see how it applies to our life. So let's look at the the richness that is in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter number one, beginning with verse number one. It says, the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. It's telling us who wrote these things. Verse number two, here's the purpose of the book. Here's why the book of Proverbs made the Bible, to know wisdom and instruction, and to perceive the words of understanding. You see, guys, God wants you to understand. God wants you to use wisdom. God wants you to be blessed in this life, okay? I think it was John Wayne once said, life is hard. It's even harder if you're stupid. Anybody ever heard that? Life is hard. How many have figured that out? And there are times that I've been stupid, Don, and it got even harder. But when we can apply wisdom, when we can apply understanding, when we can get God's take on things, it's kind of the antidote to stupidity, okay? It can help us a whole, whole lot. So the Bible says to know wisdom and and instruction and to perceive the words of understanding. Verse 3, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity. Basically, kind of to understand what God understands. To get a... You know, guys, sometimes you got to get God's take on a situation. You know, I I, I use sports analogies all the time because it's sports season. I, uh, I coach at the high school, and I sit up in the press box so I can call plays. Why do I do that? Because it gives me a good view of what's going on on the field. You know, sometimes when you're in life, you're down there on the trenches, and you get a, 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 a view that, that sometimes you, you just need a, a higher perspective. You need to get out of the fray and get above things and get a view from where God sees things. 
Now, guys, at South Terrebonne Friday night, I felt really close to God because they have a huge press box. I mean, Ronnie, it's like way up there, okay? But here's the deal, guys. That perspective was a good one, but it still wasn't God's perspective. And some of you, you've been down in the trenches so long, you've been slugging it out with the devil for so long that God wants to just raise you up and give you a look from his perspective. Guys, sometimes you feel surrounded from your perspective, but with the song we sing about, you're really surrounded by a host of angels. Amen? Some of you are in a situation today and you don't know the answer, but from God's perspective, the answer is right outside your door. Some of you are in a fight today and it just doesn't look good. You don't know how much more you can take, but from God's perspective, you're so close to a breakthrough. Guys, sometimes wisdom tells us to take a step back, to look up and watch the Lord give us a perspective of how close we really are. So guys, we need to have understanding. We need to have wisdom to realize that God is for us and not against us. Verse four, to give sublimity or wisdom to simple folks and to young men, knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear, this is good. A wise man will hear and increase in learning. And a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. You know what? There are some wise people in here today. I would say, Donald Thomas, you are a wise man. You have brought great counsel to me as a pastor. You brought great counsel to others. You are a wise man. But even a wise man like you can gain more wisdom. Guys, all of us, we haven't, we haven't got to the, the pinnacle of wisdom. Okay? Everybody can learn something new. Every time you read... Man, look, how many have figured out every time you read the Bible, even though you've read this verse before, something new comes up. You notice that, Fabian? Man, every time you hear a podcast, every time you you hear a new sermon, it's like, wow, that's new. I didn't know that. Well, guys, that never should stop. We should always be seeking more understanding. Verse 6, to understand a proverb and with the interpretation, the words of the wise and their dark sayings. You see, sometimes the proverbs are written like a riddle. Sometimes you got to think about it a little, little bit. You know, I think sometimes we're amiss in that we just read the Bible and we just read it like we would a regular book and read it like we would a a textbook or or a self-help book. But the Lord wants you to read it and ponder on it a little bit. Sister Betty, you know what I'm talking about, huh? Just read that thing and digest it and begin to, to let it ruminate in you and just sit on it a little bit and start to think about it. The Proverbs make you think, and that's a good thing. Because in that process, the Lord can speak to your heart. And that's good stuff. And then verse number seven is so good. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools, they despise wisdom and instruction. Guys, we need to learn to fear the Lord. I'm not talking a scared, uh, nervous fear. Although you read some stuff in the Old Testament and you're like, ooh, ouch. You read the book of Revelation and you're like, ooh, ouch. But we're talking about reverence. We're talking about respect. I was just talking this morning with with a couple, and and so many folks in our generation don't understand respect anymore. You know, whatever happened to yes, sir, and no, sir, and yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am, and mister, and missus, and all that's good, and that's fine. But here's the thing. So many of us have lost respect for God. We forget who he is. We forget that we come into his presence every Sunday, every Wednesday, and there's something special about that. And guys, we can't forget that. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. 
Let's jump down to chapter number two. Again, let's look at some more illustrations of what wisdom is, what wisdom isn't, and how we can apply it to our lives. Here's a little sampling of what the book of Proverbs is all about. If you take that October wisdom challenge, here's some of the stuff that you're going to get to chew on every day. Chapter number two of Proverbs, verse number one. My son, if thou will receive my words and hide my commands with thee, so that thou will incline thy ear unto wisdom and apply unto your heart to understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and searchest for her as a hidden treasure. He's just talking about how we should seek wisdom, how, she, how we should hunger for it, how should we want more of it. You know, yesterday, Sister Annalie brought some little snacks over to the pastor's house. By the way, thank you for all of you that do that, okay? I've reached my goal weight now. Keep them coming, okay? And they were so good, and they were like her little tea cakes, except they had fruit in the middle. And it was like surprise fruit. Some of them were figs, some of them were strawberry, okay? So it was like a surprise, a good surprise, okay? And, um, man, Linda and I, I bit into one of them. I was like, Ooh, that's pretty good. Okay. And I finished that one and I said, you know, that was a fig one, but there's some strawberry ones. So, so I, I, I reached in there and I got, I got blessed to find a strawberry one and I ate that one. And, and, and then I got another one. Okay. And, 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 and don't, don't, don't look down on me. Okay. But, but, but here's the deal. I couldn't get enough. Why do I tell you that story? Because uh, I, I wanted my health coach to hear that, and now she'll give me a hard time at lunch today. It's going to be a salad, okay? But, no, the reason I tell you that story is I wanted more. I couldn't get enough. The same should be said for wisdom. You can't get enough. When you get a, a nugget of gold from the Lord, when you read something in this word and you say, wow, this will work. This will work at work. This will work in my family. This is a nugget. This is good stuff. You want more. And guys, we need to get to that place. That's what the writer of Proverbs is saying. That's what Solomon encouraging us to do. So if we seek the Lord like I was seeking those goodies from Sister Annalie, look at the blessings that come. Verse number five. Then thou shalt understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom. Boy, that's good to know. The Lord gives wisdom. The Lord is the giver of wisdom. Out of his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He lays up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. You know what that says? He'll fight your battles. You see, you think we just sing these songs because they sound good. No, they're based on Scripture. When we say he fights our battles, it's based on Scriptures like this. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. He keeps the path of judgment, and preserves the way of his saints. Is God a saints fan? We'll find out at noon. Verse number nine. Then shall thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity, yea, every good path. When wisdom entereth into thy heart and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul, discretion shall persevere, shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee. You know what that means? Wisdom will help you be righteous. Wisdom will help you make good decisions. Wisdom will help you do things properly. You know, sometimes we get in our, we get into trouble because we forget what God's take is on things. Sometimes we say, man, should I do this or shouldn't I do this? Pastor Ronnie and I were talking about this before church. If you got to ask that question, teenager, you probably shouldn't. Anybody ever been there? If you got to say, I I wonder if God would be pleased with this. If you're asking the question, the answer is probably no. 
Okay? If you have to ask yourself, is this something I really ought to do or ought not do? Sometimes you already know the answer. Why do you know the answer? Because of wisdom. Because you're God's child. You know what his take is on things. You know, our problem is not knowing difference between right and wrong. Every one of you in here, you could be a first-time visitor, and, and, and you could tell me that, that lying's wrong. You could tell me that murder's wrong. You could tell me gossip is wrong. You could tell me those things. But sometimes, sometimes we forsake wisdom because it's what we want to do. Boy, what sense does that make? Guys, we need to learn that wisdom will preserve us, will, will protect us. Now, let's jump down to chapter number three, and I'm almost done. Continuing to talk about wisdom, continuing to talk about how it comes from God and how it's something that you need more of, I need more of. Chapter number three, Solomon says, My son, forget not my law, but let your heart keep my commandments. Again, you know, guys, you got to know what God's word says about things. You got to know the law. You got to know, you got to have a standard. And the word of God is your standard. Verse two, for length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. How many want to live a long life? Anybody? Absolutely. How many want to, to have peace in your life? Absolutely. Wisdom will help that happen. Wisdom and knowing God's word and applying God's word will give you all those things, teenagers. Verse number three. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them around your neck. Write them upon the table of your heart. Mercy and truth, important things. So shall thou, thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. You know, we've talked about the favor of God. I love the favor of God. The favor of God is God's unmerited mercy toward me. It's his grace. It's his mercy. And God wants to give you favor with him and with man. How many want favor at work? How many would like favor at work? You know what favor at work looks like? It's called promotions. It's called days off. It's called blessings. It's called more benefits. How many would like that at work? That's an IQ question. That means everybody lift their hand, okay? How many, how many students want favor at, at school? You know what favor at school looks like? Less pop tests, okay? Or pop tests on things you know, Court, okay? It's on stuff you're like, oh, this is easy, okay? Favor at school means less homework. How many's in for that, okay? We, we want that, okay? We want the favor of God in our life. Wisdom, understanding, a God, God, uh, applying godly principles will lead to that. Because you will find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. And you notice in the midst of all this wisdom, we have that most famous scripture from Proverbs chapter number three. Trust in the Lord and lean not on what? Your own understanding. You see, guys, so many times wisdom says one thing, our understanding says something else. God says one thing, we say something else. How's that doing something else working for you today? Okay, how's that working out? It didn't work out so good for me the first 20 years of my life. But then I began to trust the Lord. Then I began to lean on his understanding. Then I began to seek wisdom, and I've been blessed abundantly since. Verse number six, in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he will do what? Direct our paths. I think every one of us want our paths directed. Every one of us don't want missteps. Every one of us want to be exactly where God wants us to be. Wisdom and knowing God's take on things will bring you those blessings. Verse seven, be not wise in your own eyes. Met a few of those folks before? (laughs) Be not wise in your own eyes. 
fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to your, bon- to your navel and marrow to your bones. I don't know what your belly button got to do with it, but okay, here's the deal. Hey guys, when you do things God's way, he blesses you. When you trust God, when you apply wisdom, he blesses you. Verses nine and 10, I just read this. Honor the Lord with your substance, with the first fruits of your increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, thy presses burst out with new wine. Guys, I could go on and on and on. The book of Proverbs does. The book of wisdom goes on and on and on. The book of Proverbs talks about every situation in a man's life. It talks about things early on in life. It talks about things in middle stages of his life. And it talks about things as he gets later in life. Guys, if we can get God's take on things, it'll change the way we live. If we can begin to apply God's principles and precepts for our problems and our situations, all of a sudden those problems and situations are going to begin to take care of themselves. Why? Because God takes care of them. Amen? God takes care of them. Pastor, are you just going to say they're going to go away? No, I'm not saying that. But what I'm going to say is when you get God's perspective on things, you realize that that is not as big as you once thought it was. You know, so many times we, we, we think that our problem and our circumstance is so colossal and so huge. But from God's perspective, it's just a little bitty bump in the road. You know, guys, whatever you're going through today, God has the answer. He just wants you to trust him for it. But God, why don't I just pray and it just goes away? Where's the faith in that? You know, I've learned in my experiences, Fabian, God's seldom, he, he's never late, but he's seldom early. <laughs> you know, the first time I pray, sometimes he comes through, but sometimes, Ronnie, I got to pray at three, four, five. How many times you pray for that house to sell? A couple? Can't count that high, okay? But guess what? It's sold, isn't it? It's sold in God's perfect timing. You know, sometimes we pray for things and it's not God's will and we get upset when it doesn't happen. Boy, Joe, I'm really glad God hadn't answered all my prayers because I'd be in a mess right now, <laughs> okay? I prayed for some crazy things. Some of you be married to some... Y'all be with some wrong people if God answers some of them prayers, okay? Some of you would be in wrong places, but God knows best. Why? Because of his perspective on things, his take on things. We got to get to the place where we can trust him no matter what we're going through, no matter where we're at. Wisdom will help you do that.